Welcome to the Court to Corporate Podcast. I'm your host, Kirby Porter. On this show, we sit down with current and former athletes to discuss their personal playbooks and dive deeper into how it has translated into success and lessons outside the game and in the business world. You can find this podcast on your favorite streaming platform or at courttocorporate.com. Court to Corporate is all about amplifying the journey of athletes in corporate America and showcasing how your athletic influence can serve to build your path. Stay up to date with more content and perspectives across all of our social platforms. These will be linked in the show notes or they can be found on our website. Thank you for tuning in. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome back. Today's episode is with John Rice, Yale basketball alum and founder and CEO of Management Leadership for Tomorrow. Since 2001, MLT has built a leadership pipeline for over 7,000 students and professionals nationwide, and John has been featured on CNN, the cover of Fortune, and named to one of Forbes' top 30 social entrepreneurs. In this episode, John is sharing with us how basketball has quite literally shaped what exists today in MLT and how sports gave him the lens to identify the gifts that he's been able to apply to his success in entrepreneurship. As an MLT alum myself, it was super cool to hear the behind the scenes, so I'm excited to share this one with you all. Here's my conversation with John Rice. John, thank you so much for for joining us. Super excited to talk about how basketball has shaped where you are today and, and what exists with MLT, but I actually like to start on the personal front with how you were thinking about your career early on coming out of Yale basketball before founding MLT, you attended HBS, you worked at Disney and the NBA. So can you just like take us back to the beginning of your career? How were you thinking about your journey and where to start? Well, first of all, uh, thanks for having me. And um, it's a pleasure to, to join uh, your platform. Um, so if we go back to when I was coming out of college, uh, I worked for a couple years between college and business school uh, for AT&T in a management training program as, uh, in the Washington, D.C. area. That was in my first uh, in my my first stop was at a, in a uh, national account sales branch, um, and uh, which was a good experience. But I, I you know, as I Headed back to business school, um, I, I having uh, had a great experience in Yale and having in basketball was a key part of that experience. I think um, long term, at, at that point in my life, I felt that I, w- I was hoping that there would be some intersection between my passion for sports and my hopefully, uh, you know. Uh, exciting future career in business and mm-hmm. and uh but i wasn't sure you know and uh when i went back to 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 business school um i uh, i did look at i remember looking at my uh my you know thinking about what i was going to do for the summer and uh, um i considered working a summer in sports working for an nba franchise um that would have been a volunteer opportunity for me uh, that I couldn't afford to do. Um, so I went and worked with Disney for the summer and then ended up going back to Disney uh, full-time. Uh, I worked there you know, for uh, five years, both 
um, in Disney consumer products, Latin America, and prior to that in uh, a startup venture called the Disney Vacation Club, which was Disney's entrance into the timeshare and mixed-use hotel vacation ownership world. Uh, that was based in Orlando. And then um, after about five years of Disney, I went over to the NBA. Uh, and and that was for me, I was doing you know, uh, starting up their consumer products uh, licensing business down in Latin America, based in Miami. And for me, you know, that was a confluence of so many of the things that I was passionate about. Obviously, basketball, sports. Uh, I was a Latin American studies major at Yale. I spent some time uh, down in Venezuela and Colombia uh, during college and after college and so forth. And so kind of bringing it all together, Latin America, sports, uh, you know, the NBA, um, and, and, and entrepreneurial uh, initiatives within larger brands, you know, was a great fit for me. And I think uh, that was that experience really kind of took me back to some of the things that I, that, that I was excited about, not sure how I would get there. Uh, and then I, after a couple of years in Miami doing uh, Latin America for the NBA, went over to Japan and oversaw uh, NBA Japan, which back in the late 90s at that point was the largest international market for the NBA. Uh, China had really not really, had not come, uh, uh, was just emerging at that time. So shows you how long ago that was. <laughs> Yeah. So can you talk about, um, you know, so I know you, you found the initial idea for NLT while at HBS. It, I think it's interesting. You're, you're, you know, kind of saying you were hoping to find that intersection of your passions for business and entrepreneurship and sports, and you weren't exactly sure how it would come to life. Um, but it's interesting to see how, you know, that idea that you had while at HBS has kind of converged with those passions, but I would love to just start with context and just further understand for the audience, like what was the problem that you noticed while at HBS that you wanted to solve and how does that kind of tie to the mission of MLT today? Yeah. So it, it, the genesis was, you know, I was sitting in the classroom uh, at, at HBS and having what was for me a transformational experience in terms of how much I was learning, the, the people that I was uh, in school with, the kinds of leaders who were visiting campus to to talk, the kinds of organizations that were recruiting there. It was just a transformational experience. And I, and I kind of looked around the classroom like, why are there so few minorities here with me having this type of experience? And uh, and that led me to my second year to go and meet uh, with an entrepreneurial management professor um, named Greg Deeds um, and, and ask him if I could uh, work with him as a, uh, as a project, independent study project, and just to and, and dig into this issue, understand the landscape, uh, see if there was some white space, uh, uh, and uh, and try to think about whether there was opportunity to to uh, to launch something that could have some impact uh, around the issue of the you know the lack of uh, uh, not just the the underrepresentation of minorities in. Uh, up at you know up in business schools, but the underrepresentation of minorities in the organizations that were recruiting there, uh, the underrepresentation of minority the leaders that were coming there as guest speakers, and uh, and looking at the entire pipeline from what was happening in college to uh, to grad school and beyond, and and that was the genesis of it. You know, I had when I, when I thought about the problem, um, I I looked back at my own experience, Kirby, and I said, wow, you know. Um, I'm very lucky to be here, I, um, and uh, I navigated 
the application process probably with uh, with you know, not with the, a, a really well informed playbook and was uh, um, you know applied the last day of the last round and <laughs> didn't visit schools and so forth and and I looked at and, and then when I look back at my undergrad experience uh, I graduated from Yale without a you know without having a job. Uh, and it wasn't because, and, and I had done well academically. I had a, as an athlete, you know, I, um, I, I had a very strong leadership story. I had founded a, a, a mentoring program for teenage fathers in New Haven. I had a good story to tell, um, but I didn't really understand the bar, what, what the kinds of organizations were looking for um, when I was coming out of college. I didn't really turn, didn't, didn't have the kind of advice that I probably should have had. Uh, and and uh, and I realized that like if I made uh, if if I made those mistakes coming out of college, right, end up getting a job and so on and so forth. But you know if I if I made a number of mistakes coming out of college and in the process of applying to business school, uh, then then other folks who of color who were less fortunate than I was, you know, growing up, you know, those folks who were first gen college students who came from very low income backgrounds, you know, they had to be making many more exponentially more mistakes than I was. Okay. And those, and, and, and they had to be paying a meaningful price for it. So I said, you know, mm-hmm. uh, so I had an intuition that this was a, 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 a problem. And I, and, and the work that I did with this, uh, professor helped me understand where there was some white space. And, um, and, uh, and, and at that point I, this was second semester of my, uh, second year of business school. Uh, I had uh, already taken, accepted a job, at uh, to, to at Disney uh, full time, and I said to myself, you know, I think this is a here and now problem, and that I'm I have a lot of conviction about. I, I really want to take a shot at it, but I also realized through that uh, I didn't have the you know the experience, the relationships, um, you know, that I probably needed to take a my best shot at this, uh, and I felt that. Uh, that that there's you know it's it's pretty it's easy to start a company or to start launch a nonprofit but to build something that actually is sustainable that has real that make has real impact it's much more difficult uh, and so what I ended up mm-hmm. doing which I actually don't recommend folks do uh, you know at home was uh, you know I went and did my job at Disney and I actually began working on this you know sort of nights and and evening and you know on nights and weekends I decided look I don't want to wait until I'm you know whatever ten fifteen years down, 20 years down the road at the end of my career. And, and, uh, uh, you know, because this is a here and now problem. Uh, and, and so, uh, I decided to, to work out on the side. I raised a little money uh, enough to hire one or two, you know, college students, recent college graduates to work with me and, uh, began, began digging into piloting a few programmatic approaches and so forth. And I, and I actually was working, you know, for the first, you know, eight or nine years of my career at, while at Disney at the MBA was, was building the, uh, the initial program model, um, and trying to get some initial results and feedback, you know, for, um, on, on the side and, and that sort of, so I was doing sort of a dual, you know, career and I, I say, don't try this at home because it, you know, it creates a lot of stress and, 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 you know, the work I was doing in, in both of my jobs at Disney the MBA, and the MBA were, you know, were hard charging, difficult builds. Uh, so, but I, that's what I did. And, and, and I would say, looking back, it was, the, um, 
probably thoughtful in the sense that you know, I, I was able to get the kind of experience and and uh, at bats, as you might say, and, and build some relationships enough where you know, I where I felt you know sort of nine or ten years in to my career post business school that I was ready to give it a real shot and take my best shot at it and and, and that's when I decided to pivot full time and uh, and build MLT. So I love the feature on MLT titled Coaches for the Office, really speaking to how you kind of took a page from sports to structure what exists today. And even personally, going through the program, Rachel being my coach, who's also a former Hooper, that athletic connection was definitely, definitely heightened for me. But taking a step back, when as you were developing the business plan and eventually decided to take that leap and go at it full time, can you talk about how you decided began to make those ties between athletics to shape the execution and, and platform of what MLT is. If the, if the, if getting into the basketball hall of fame, you know, were about uh, not what you contributed to the game, you know, but actually what you got from the game, I, you know, I would argue that I would be a, you know, first ballot hall of famer, right? <laughs> meaning, you know, it is, you know, the basketball and my, my sort of journey in sports, has been so critical uh, on several levels, and and I'll speak to each one, and then I'll kind of tie tie it to some of the insights that I've gained from the journey. Um, you often hear, you know, that that you know, playing sports at a reasonably high level, you know, you build leadership skills and those types of things. Uh, uh, and certainly, I got that. And the, you know, the I would say, you know, my journey in basketball, you know. Uh, um, gave me uh, some of the core, you know, leadership tools. You know, and one of them, you know, I would argue is, um, you know, that uh, helped me develop that genuine confidence that I belong. Right? Uh, and you know, in sports, you know, you have to build confidence mm-hmm. over a period of time, and and being confident out on the court, at least in basketball, is so important. And often, what separates uh, one player from the, you know, a great, you know, a player who makes, uh, makes it, uh, at a high level to, uh, relative to one who doesn't. And it's often not a difference in talent. It's a difference in, are you confident when you're out there? And that, that, you know, the journey to build that confidence for me through, you know, high school and college and so forth, um, gave me the confidence that I could also build that confidence both in graduate school you know, um, in the work and uh, when you're working with a lot of brilliant people who come in with a lot more experience than I did, certainly, uh, and and also out in the working world. Uh, so, gave you know, the core tools around that genuine confidence I belong. You know, I remember, you know, in business school we played pickup basketball every day, right? Mm-hmm. Almost every day, and and uh, and I think not only did I, you know, and not only uh, did. Uh, I think, and, and interestingly, you know, people, when you're, when the way I handled myself on the court, I think, uh, in most cases, I hope, um, uh, provided a lens of, uh, into, from, you know, helped other people get a, a, a better sense of who I am and off the court as a professional in the classroom. And, and, and so, and it also helped me, uh, you know, interact with my peers in a way that, you know, in a, in a plat, in a, in an environment that's, that's, that's not the classroom is very different where the playing field was more level. So, 
I think it helped me, you know, as a initially, you know, like sort of tools around confidence, resilience, self-awareness, understanding, you know, um, what your strengths are and, and what your role is and how that evolves over time, you know, critical in my professional journey in general. Uh, but basketball also gave me uh, a lens into my, I would argue, my gifts, okay, and how to apply those gifts um, um, outside of not just around basketball, you know, uh, your strengths on the court, but how to apply them off the, um, off the court. And I, uh, and I found it took me a while to sort of unpack this, but, uh, you know, one of the things that I remember being good in basketball at was being able to watch my teammates or my competitors to see what they were doing that was working. Okay. How does somebody make a move? How do they read, you know, play on defense, so forth. And then being able to, uh, uh, to learn how to do that. Okay. You know, to see the things that they did really well and, and try to adapt those and, 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 and integrate those into my game. Um, and, 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 and as I, as I realized, you know, uh, as I got more aware of my strengths as a professional, you know, um, I've come to learn, you know, that, um, that, uh, you know, my, one of my, you know, gifts may be, uh, uh, how do I call it? You know, it's, uh, uh, it's, uh, it's actually the ability to identify other people's gifts, even in some cases before they even see them themselves. Uh, and, and that has helped me become, someone you know who can coach other people for mentor other people from a career standpoint and that has translated you know a key, very closely into what we do at nlt the, the, the third thing i'd say in terms of what basketball gave me is uh, no question it gave me a, a a really uh accelerating professional network uh that i built through playing you know playing at yale playing professional you know playing uh pickup you know playing on teams and leagues and pick up in grad school and in every you know, at the NBA, Disney, and, you know, and all the different opportunities I've had to play, been incredibly fortunate. There's so many of the people who have been, uh, you know, financial supporters, connectors, board members, uh, and the like, uh, corporate partners, um, have, uh, have come through people I, uh, relationships that I built through basketball. Um, so those are three things I'd say, you know, I, I talk about like, uh, uh, you know, the, the underlying sort of the foundational elements that, that have been uh, uh, that, that capture my professional journey and they begin to tie into um, in, into my into MLT. Uh, the, the the last one I'd say um, is that you know that I think is even more unique and maybe fortunate for me is that that uh, basketball helped me understand, helped give me an insight that has really shaped what we do at MLT and, 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 uh, and I think uh, allowed it, enabled it to be a game changer for, you know, thousands of people in the sense that, uh, the sense that there is, you know, the, you know, there, there are, um, you know, there, and, and, and bear with me for a second, because I'll just kind of give you the, the, you know, kind of how I think about it, but when, if, when you, when you study how we develop, you know, athletic talent, Kirby, mm -hmm. um, we find, you know, in this country, you know, we find uh, like, there are like, uh, three key things that, that, that drive these outcomes, you know, and, and, and interestingly, none of, none of which 
exist in the world outside of sports where like, you know, 99% of us pursue our economic mobility. What do I mean by that? You know, in sports, when we develop, you know, when we think about athletic talent, how, um, we, what do we do? We provide high accountability coaching. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not talking about occasional mentoring. I'm talking about, you know, uh, high accountability coaching and we provide it at every stage. You know, whether it's a high, you know, a fifth grade ath- rec athlete, a high school athlete, a college one who's an athlete trying to become a pro, a pro at every stage. Uh, and interestingly, in the professional world, you don't get coaching uh, mm-hmm. until you know you've become a senior executive, and there and you may have and have some challenges. We just don't do coaching. We think about it as mentoring. It's very different. So that's the first thing that does you know, that it's been really interesting, uh, 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 critical to developing talent that I think is. Uh, not a, you know it does, hasn't historically existed in the professional world where there's a real opportunity for to bring it uh, to the professional world that relates to how we move the needle for economic mobility for minority communities in this country. The second one is like in sports we make it really clear what you have to demonstrate to get to the next level. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and what I mean you know you have stats, you have videos, and so forth. You know you have real time feedback me- mechanisms um, that tell you where you are relative to that bar. You know, uh, and in the rest of the world it's like it's really hard to understand where you stand relative uh, to uh, that high performance bar, what you need to do and demonstrate to get promoted. And in professional world, you know, in the, even in the academic world, in many places, it, you know, we're horrible at giving direct feedback. Uh, so, in, you know, so only the folks who kind of get the memo in time that, you know, uh, who, who, whose, whose family or friends who've been where they want to go and, and, and can, uh, uh, and been successful actually are able to, to help people understand what that high performance bar looks like. And then the third thing is just like, we surround people with, in, uh, in sports with like an accelerating supportive community of peers and mentors and so forth. And like, if you're a good athlete, everyone wants to, you know, connect you to their people. Right. Uh, and it's really hard to, you know, to, to, to piece together that type of, uh, accelerating network in, in the professional world, especially if you're a minority. So those are the, like that, in a, if I had not played sports and been in, kind of a student of basketball for, you know, literally, you know, over 40 years, most of my life, um, I wouldn't have had those insights. I wouldn't have seen that. Okay. And, and those are the three, those three things, actually, the high accountability coaching, the, the decoding, making clear what that high performance bar look like you know, is and, and what you need to do to get there. And then providing those relationships, you know, that, that accelerating peer community, those three things are really the essence of what we built at MLT. They underpin our programmatic model and all the results that we have generated. And in my view, and I, I like to talk about this a lot, I think those, you know, that's the big idea, you know, uh, you know bringing, those, bringing what we've learned in sports, those insights to how we accelerate economic mobility for young people in this country, I think is uh, a really big idea. You know, we're doing a piece of it, but I, I, I'm, I'm really excited about seeing other organizations apply some of the same lessons. Yes, absolutely. There's so much to learn. I mean, like one of the points that we try to hit home for athletes is that it's not necessarily about transitioning. It's about leveraging who you are and what you do because you have already created these systems and these habits and these strategies that can just continue to to be applied. And so it's really cool to see how you've applied that both on a personal level, then also to create a really successful model in MLT. So to wrap up, I'd love to just end with advice that you have for other athletes that are aspiring entrepreneurs. How, how can they take inspiration from their journeys to act on their ideas? And as they're along those those paths 
what's the one skill set that you think is the most important to succeed in entrepreneurship? I think the the first thing that I'd like to say is that uh, you know when you are a good athlete, especially if the opportunity to play in college, uh, and and if you have, and even more so if you have the opportunity to be a professional, that what you have to do is be really thoughtful and proactive and courageous about building relationships with the people who are um, who are fans and supporters and friends of the athletic programs that you're involved with. Doing that when you are in, while you are playing and continuing that afterwards um, and, uh, and nurturing those relationships long before you become an entrepreneur. And, and what I've seen in my own experience and what I see a, a lot with young people that I advise, is, especially those who are athletes, is that you know, they have this great platform while they're especially when they're in college and everyone wants to get to know them and, and, and engage with them and learn about it. But they, but we, we just put our head down and focus on being the best we can on the field or on the court. Mm-hmm. And we fail to realize that, that it's going to be harder to build those relationships when you're done. Uh, and I, you know, and so, uh, you know, one or two examples, I remember, you know, back at Yale in the, you know, this is the you know mid 1980s. Um, you know, we had one. You know, again, this is not you know uh, a what we would call today a big time level of you know D1 basketball. Uh, but although we did have good team, uh, but you know there there was one gentleman who a Yale alum who was really involved with the program would come to games and uh, and every once in a while come a lot for him and so forth. And all, and I remember him being, you know. Um, he was a very nice uh, art dealer who lived in New York City, right? And and, a, and certainly was a, a wealthy individual. Uh, and I never had a few conversations with him, but I did not take the time to really get to know him mm-hmm. uh, and didn't nurture, nurture that relationship. And and when, you know, years later, when I was trying to think of, uh, of uh, when I was in the sports world or trying to get into the sports world, um, that relationship could have been one that was very helpful to me. That guy turned out to be um, someone who I think um, made uh, it was was a very successful art dealer who ended up being you know uh, the owner of a of a couple different uh, major league baseball franchises, right? And uh, and so that's an example of uh, you know of like take advantage you know get to know the people who are around the program early with no agenda, take an interest in what they do. Okay, even if you're not excited, in my case, if, if, if art isn't your thing, take that, take the opportunity to learn about art, right? Uh, through building, you know, and through building that relationship, uh, for example. Uh, and, uh, and I see a lot of young people not doing that. I, I do, you know, I used to live in the Bay Area, um, in the heart of the, you know, the entrepreneurial ecosystem, and had the opportunity to play consistently down with, uh, at Stanford, with uh, a bunch of uh, uh, sort of a run a basketball pickup game that was a combination of a lot of you know very successful venture capitalists in the Bay Area uh, and uh, uh, and CEOs you know of, of companies and um, and 
uh, younger folks who were either current or recently former Stanford basketball players, men and women, by the way. And, and that was, you know, uh, that was a great opportunity. I've built a ton of great relationships that have been helpful to MLT over the years. Um, but I remember the young people who are, you know, current players at Stanford, former players at Stanford, so a number of them have, uh, I've ended up, uh, uh, I have, you know, stayed in contact with and, I, and, 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 and several times asked them, so, you know, do you still play in those games, right? Do you make a point to do that? Do you stay in touch with those folks, right? Uh, and, these, you know, and, and in too many cases, the answer is no, right? So, so number one, you know, uh, invest in, in building relationships with people while you're in school, while you're playing, while you're at the top of your game, uh, and, and, and well before, you know, you know you want to be an entrepreneur because you just don't know. And, and if you're and, and, and relationships are so important to becoming a successful entrepreneur, uh, because you're going to invariably find yourself in a situation where you've got to raise capital, where you have to, uh, go back to people who know you well and who want to take big, uh, a bet on you. And you just don't have that many shots. So those, you know, so, so I would say that number one, uh, that's my number one piece of advice for aspiring entrepreneurs who are, uh, current and former athletes. I love that. Well, thank you so much, John. Definitely, definitely in the Hall of Fame of athletes leveraging who they are beyond the game to find success. So thank you so much for, for coming on and just sharing this with us. Well, thanks for having me, Curtis. Take care. All right. Thanks for listening into this episode. In the meantime, we want to hear from you. Stay connected. Leave us a comment on Apple Podcast, DM us, or contact us on our website. Whatever is easiest, we want to know your feedback and what questions you have. Otherwise, we'll be back soon with more athletes, more perspectives, and more pro tips on the way.